Hey guys, for those of you that haven't joined us before, I'm John Harris. I'm a professional drummer and educator and best friends with me, Ben Jones. I am a professional bassist and educator. And over the last 15 years, we've been working, laughing and living together, navigating the ups and downs of teaching in higher education and having a jolly old time in the UK music industry. This podcast is our way to open the doors of our friendship and professional lives to discuss all things music and life. Welcome to our podcast, Beats and Best Friends. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome back to Beats and Best Friends. We are on episode 10, the final episode of season one. I can't believe it. I can't believe this is the end of the first season. That is amazing. And I'm in two minds. I'm obviously really proud and really excited for you, the listeners, to hear this. But I'm also really, like, sad. Like, it it has been the pleasure of my time coming here every Thursday to record this podcast. And But I'm so proud of what we've done. So it's bittersweet. (laughs) It's bittersweet. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? It's been... I was kind of thinking coming here today, I was like, it's, it feels like it's over, but we're only just getting started, man. It's, I'm really yeah. excited to start season two. And I kind of like these sort of like bursts of yeah. sort of 10 episodes and then we do a new season and stuff. It's, it feels, it feels kind of right. So yeah. basically today, what we're going to be talking about is the whole process. Yeah. And that is the podcast behind the beat, uh, how we sort of created the company and yeah. also some of the joys and real challenges. And I think things that maybe we didn't foresee going into the product. Yeah. And I suppose the key thing about this is that it's all under the label of working with your best friend. You know, it's not like we chose a company to come and do this for us. This was a passion project that was born out of our love of what we do. But we have definitely had some really amazing support along the way. And we're going to address that later on and do our thank yous because there's a long list of people we want to thank. But ultimately this has just been you and me doing this. And like, I have learned so much about, well, not just learned so much, but I've got so much respect now for anyone out there who puts out regular content. Like it is such a huge amount of work and I've listened to a lot of podcasts in my time and I think, oh, they're just obviously just bashing it out. It's so great. It must be so simple. We could do that. And then and now I'm like, oh no, it is It is simple in terms of you do just sit down and talk. Like The, the actual bit of talking, not a problem. Could do that for the rest of my life happily. Meet you at this time, sit down in front of a microphone and talk shit with you. Could do that for the rest of my life. But it's everything else around it. Like, well, I mean, we, we get, kind of get straight straight into it, but like we were there at yours a couple of weeks ago doing just edits for the videos for Behind the Beat. Yes. And just the time of editing a video down or understanding the ratio for social media stuff, you just don't see that work at the first time. You're like, we've done the videos. That's a huge amount of work. And it is a huge amount of work. But then you're like, okay, so we'll just put, you know, we'll do a couple of teasers for each of them. That'll be fine. And then you're like, oh my God, this has taken seven hours just to cut down a few videos. And then we've got to be happy with them. And, but again, it's all part of the learning journey. But I mean, the key thing I'm taking away already at this is I could not have done this with anyone else. I genuinely, I mean that. I don't think I could have done it with anyone else. So what about you? What's your initial feelings as we come to the end of season one? I actually just wanted to thank you. Oh, Um, don't make me cry. I I wanted to thank you. (laughs) I I wanted to thank you for talking me down. (laughs) (laughs) Get off the ledge, John. (laughs) Get off the ledge. It's fine. There was like, so there's... There's two, there's two moments that kind of come to mind. One was last weekend when we were going like basically, oh my so God, yeah. for those of you that are listening, we're, um, we're getting ready to launch all the behind the beat stuff. And that's the Patreon page, the YouTube channel. And there's just so much content and we've, you, you're amazing at getting things organized, like the OneDrive folders oh, and thank you, yeah. putting everything and it's just, it's amazing. And I remember last week we were kind of putting everything together 
and it was really annoying me. Why Instagram <laughs> have finally decided to start putting everything in portrait rather than landscape, yeah. especially from a drum point of view. Yeah. Drum kits are really, really wide. Yeah, they're really landscape. So when we were trying to get, yeah. um, we were trying to get all the footage, and then obviously my girlfriend Claire, who works in marketing, came down. And she went, "You need to do it in portrait," and I was like. <laughs> I saw your I, face. I, I love you, but I, in this moment, I hate you so much. I was like, it looks fine. She was like, it really doesn't. It really you need to doesn't. do it this way. So we basically went on to, you know, all the sort of forums and yeah. found out how to do it. And we also uh, spoke to Charlie who, um, so Charlie Tucker, who did all of our video editing. And, and logo well, design. I mean, I mean he's, design, he everything. is like the creative visual, yeah. the visual creator of Behind the Beat. So The, the reason know. that Behind the Beat looks the way it does <laughs> yeah. is because of Charlie and like his vision and he's, yeah. He's, a, he's the, he is amazing. He's amazing. Um, so like I wrong him and stuff, and I was like, <clears throat> "Excuse me, dude, how do you do this?" And um, you just you you put your hand on my shoulder and you're like, "Mate, you can breathe. It's okay." Like, I'm just fucking your smash anger. this laptop. It was, <laughs> it's so funny. I think like you know, one of the things about working with your best friend and working with anyone is that you have to recognize your your individual quirks. Like 100%. we all have our things, right? And I know you so well i know what gets what grinds your gears and i know that you have some serious buttons about certain things mm -hmm. and when we were doing the video stuff i was like he's gonna lose it now because for me i think it's i don't know i think it's working in i do a lot of admin from for the leadership stuff so yeah. like you know spreadsheets word docs and a lot of it is just dead time i'm just like oh my god that's taking me two hours and no one's even going to read it what's the point but what it does make you do is go that's just the process you just have to do it and, <laughs> and i remember you sort of just like <laughs> you do this thing and it's it's so funny and it's great because it's such a clear uh sign for me you just go really quiet and i was and i could tell i was like oh he's gonna get really annoyed about this and i thought i'm gonna be and the thing about a partnership is you are always together but you you need to be strong for someone when they're feeling the pressure and and likewise they offer you the same so i was like right i'm actually not stressed by this this isn't stressing me at all i'm super buzzed by it i'm just thinking about that end content you're like if it isn't done now i don't want to do it which is amazing because actually i really appreciate that like i you want it you you know your your get up and go attitude is something that we both share that feeling of let's move things forward but what I enjoyed about that was like, I was like, mate, it's going to be fine. Like, let's just take a second, have a little look. And do you remember what actually happened out of that? We came up yeah. with a totally different idea to make the, the, the landscape videos work. And actually I loved what we came up with and we never would have done that yeah. if we'd originally had what we needed. And I think there's something in this whole process for me about creative problem solving like i really believe this in life that if you come across a problem there is a solution somewhere yeah. but you are going to have to go look for it and also it may not give you the thing you started off with but it will give you something that you actually do want and are proud of at the end it's what's that quote from rolling stones you can't always get what you want but if you try sometimes you just might find you get what you need and i think that's great you know so that sort of attitude yeah. has been the unspoken mantra of what we've been doing. It's like making it work, finding the the ways around it. Yeah. I think the, the two things that have stuck out for me in this whole process is accountability. Oh, I love that. Right. Yeah. And basically, if you want to do something like this, I think you have to be so obsessed yeah. and involved Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. And I think for, for me, what you've allowed me to do is is be accountable for the kind of the workload, right? So yeah. you're very good at kind of being like, right, we've got this to do. And I'm like, cool, sweet, we'll do it. And you're like, no, but when are we going to do it? Yeah. Like, when's the date? Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the sort of charts we put together. And I've really appreciated that because I'm like, do you know what? Oh, shit, I've, I've got to do this this week because that's the day. That's what I said I'll do. Yeah. So I've got to so say, for example, this weekend, I've got to, well, tomorrow actually. Yeah. I've got to mix the last stems and then we're done. Yeah. Okay. That's another thing ticked off the list. Whereas if I didn't have that chart, I'd probably be like, ah, oh, I'll yeah. do it next weekend. Totally. So that accountability. And I think it's nice when you do it with, you know, in a, in a partnership because 
you're accountable for for each other. Yeah. And I think as well, sort of being obsessed with something, this is all I've thought about. Yeah. Since we since we really started getting into it and it's also evolved into something that we yeah, you know, completely yeah, different. Totally. For me, it's I'm so proud of what we've done and what it's kind of changed and evolved into. I think if I wasn't, you know, as into it, I would have quit ages yeah. ago because oh, me too. It, it's been really tricky yeah. at some points, but I'm like, we can do this. This is what I want to do. You know, let's, let's problem solve and get through it. But I think if I wasn't, if I didn't have that obsession, I think I would have been like, oh, I've got other things to do. Yeah. And this would have taken a backseat. Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting that you call it obsession. For me, it feels like commitment. So okay. like commitment is my word at the moment. Like I'm thinking about commitment a lot and that, the great thing about commitment is that failure is baked in, right? So basically you can do something and it not go well, but as long as you're up for showing up again and trying tomorrow or even trying the next the next minute or whatever, that commitment is what gets stuff done. So like we are realistically a year and a half later and we said we were going to be with yes, Behind the Beat. True. Now, that is a huge amount of time. And in some ways, you could look at that and go, we failed. Yeah. We said we were going to do this in 2021. We were all ready to go. Is it 2021? Well, we, we it was. It was around 2021. Yeah, end of 2021, wow. I think we were looking at a, a Christmas sort of release. I completely forgot about that. But things happen. Life gets in the way. We had, you know, you had your injury. We had all yeah. of these things, right? And... Also, for additional context, it's not like we sit around twiddling our thumbs just doing this. We've both got basically full-time teaching jobs at the moment. We've got our professional careers we're running alongside. We've got our family and our friends. And this alone is a huge amount of work. Yeah. But if you put that back in, I always think about those stories about like the, um, you know, the CEOs and all these people who are like high functioning individuals, you know, the 5am club, that sort of stuff. And I thought there's a real um, power in commitment with this because if you are committed to something, and I think what you're describing as obsession, I am experiencing as commitment. And I think we're coming at it the same thing with different labels. I'm committed to this project in the way that if it goes wrong, I just want to keep going. And that obsession is kind of what you're describing, which is like, you're just, all you want this to do is succeed or you just want it to move forward. And I think like what's really great about us is that we've had to navigate so many different parts of our friendship and relationship anyway, because of our jobs. So, you know, we spoke about this on a previous episode, but like at ICMP, I'm essentially your boss. And that's like a whole layer of management structure. So we navigate that. On certain gigs, I'm the band leader. On other gigs, you're the band leader. And when inquiries come through for certain bands, you're the, you know, you're yeah. the lead contact. It, it, it's we have all these things. And then of course, these things can flip on like a minute. So we'll come out of a management conversation about like module reports or something. And what? then the next minute we're back to being best friends yeah. down the pub, having a drink. And it's like those things allow you. Well, first of all, you have to find a way to get around that. So that's really important. But then they also allow you to have this additional sort of layer to your friendship where you start to find out people's work ethic. For example, we know that there are lots of our friends who we'd never go into business with. And it's not against them or anything, but you know your friends, you know your people. And actually you think, oh, maybe that wouldn't work together. And what we found, well, certainly this is what I found working with you, is that underneath our friendship, we are the same person in terms of work ethic. And, and I think about like that, like when, here's a good question. When did you first work for money ever in your life? What age? Oh, I was young. I had a paper round. Bang. There you go. I knew, see, I have never <laughs> asked you this and I knew you were going to say that. 13, I was 13, I think. 13 or 14. Yeah, I think I was as well. And there's like a local, um, there's a local paper, I don't think it's there anymore. It used to be called The Star. And it was the first time I ever had a job and I was like, I want to get some money. You yeah. know, I want to, had some money for Christmas to buy people presents and my money, that sort of stuff. 
and had a paper round. It was awful. I absolutely hated it. Was it was fucking miserable. I hated it. It was in the dark, yeah, in the wet. Yes, had to pack exactly. all the own things in the, pa- like all the adverts in oh, the papers. Mate, it's exactly, the, it's exactly the same. So you and I and are you used born to, used of to that. Get, used to get paid and you used oh. to get paid like five quid. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible Woeful. money. But there is something about not, you just do it. You're like, mm. but, but I have to do this. Like I want to work and this is how the world works and you work and you get paid and, you know, not to be like, neo sort of capitalist about it but like I understood that that's how the world worked and I think one thing that I find very difficult with people is if their work ethic doesn't align with mine my my level of respect is tied to someone's work ethic most of the time if someone if I work with someone and they are not up for putting any work in and they just expect it all to happen or or someone else is going to cover it I can be friends with them, but they'll always be in a, a certain box for me because it's like, I can't, I can't really trust you. Why would I trust you? You're not willing to put yourself out there. And yeah. I think with you, I know that you will be the same as me. And that's a huge thing because it's like working as another version of yourself. So yeah. that for me is like that commitment. I see that in you all the time because I've seen it in you ever since we met through music. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah, because it's not, it's not just, like you say, it's not just all the ICMP stuff. It's not this. It's like all the gigs. Yeah. You know, all the rehearsals we've been to and everything kind of, you know, encompassing of music. And it's, we, we're, we're always there at the gigs, setting up, putting in the work. Yeah. And, you know, driving to the arse end of nowhere and yeah. doing that. We've done that together. So I totally get it. And I think the one thing I've really appreciated through this is that from the start, We've always, there's never been something that we've set out to do that we haven't done. Correct. And it might, like you say, these things sometimes take longer than you think. But when we said we're going to do something, every instance it's been done. It's been completed. And we've ticked that thing off the timeline. And if it hasn't been done, we've worked, then maybe there's been an issue. We've worked at that issue and we've done it. And it's like, I think going back to what you said about respecting people that put content out there, this has given me the next level appreciation for people that do that. And whether that's uh, YouTube videos or podcasts or audio books or whatever, it's, it's just incredible. And like you say, it's everything around that, that I think I've sort of struggled sometimes because it's been challenging, but also I've loved it because I've really enjoyed seeing it all come together. Yeah. Like when we, I think before last weekend, when we were putting the final touches towards everything, I'd kind of forgotten about what we'd done <laughs> yeah. because we've been so totally. in like admin and like getting all these things done. Yeah. And then we rewatched the videos that we're going to launch on Behind the Beat. And we started mixing Which we filmed the two years ago. Two nearly, years ago. Which is insane. Looking back on our different haircuts and stuff. Oh God, yeah. Look at two years younger. Yeah. But looking back and going, do you know what? I'm still yeah, so proud yeah. of this. And I just can't wait now to show everyone the backing tracks we've recorded, the podcast, the videos, the charts that we've done, and then hopefully start this behind the beat and beat some best friends community yeah and the kind of beta testing and stuff that we've already done and also the people that we've had on the podcast which we'll thank later yeah seem to really feel like they're part of something and if that's the thing we get out of this then our job is done because absolutely the one thing i really want from the podcast and behind the beat is just that sense of community and people talking about music and rhythm sections and celebrating each other and networking yeah all that stuff, if we can achieve even a, a small part of that, yeah. I'll be a happy man. Yeah. So there's a book that I would really recommend to any listeners out there that I've been sort of drawing from a lot through this process. And that's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, and it's a fantastic book, obviously, about habits and how they sort of um, show up in our lives and how they limit you, but also help you to achieve things. And he talks about the difference between motion and action or momentum and action. And being a creative, I think ideas come so easily. As a creative, you're constantly thinking of ideas. And and as a musician, you're constantly thinking of ideas. So having ideas is not hard. You know, anyone could come up with an idea, right? But taking that idea and turning it into action. Mm. 
and getting a system in place that supports it, that actually sets it up for success. That has been the biggest thing for me with Behind the Beat because we so could have just gone, wouldn't that be great? And then it would have gone nowhere. And for a lot of people, that's what happens because of the workload. And the way you said about um, you really appreciated like my sort of management of the OneDrive and all of those things, that's systems to me. So all of it is systems. So James talks about this in his book, but you don't, what's his quote? You don't rise to the level of your goals or your ambitions. You fall to the level of your systems, which means it doesn't matter how good your idea is. If you haven't got a system underneath it to actually support it and make it work, it's never going to get there. Yeah. And one thing I'm super grateful for, for the for obviously my leadership um, role and all of that admin stuff I've learned is that systems are the key to everything. So, to make this work, for example, this podcast, you have to be ready to commit to a time slot every single week, every week. and nothing takes out, you know, other than like health and family stuff, nothing takes that spot. And I think diarizing things and all of that commitment to your diary, commitment to your word, commitment to your um, times that you're going to do something, that has been the biggest thing with Behind the Beat. Yeah. We never move dates unless they are completely unavoidable. And we're like, but that's in the diary now. So that is happening. Yeah. And it's, you know, we know from working with people in the industry that dates move all the time. Rehearsals are booked in. Oh, I guess moved. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. We've just had that in the diary. Like we know that that flexibility and that kind of flippancy is really big in our industry. But when it's your money and your time and your effort on the line, you want to work with someone who gets that. And that has been the biggest thing for me is that I know that if we say we're going to do something, you're not going to pull out. And same for me, like I'm not going to stop it. And I think that without that, we, well, we could have done it, but it would have taken us five years. Yeah. Just because we had to take little bits, little bits of time, you know, we had to go, right, we're going to have to get it done in that time. And, you know, if we think about when we filmed the second half of season one, so we did the pilot, that was the John Mayer trio stuff. And we did that in, I mean, we went in there green as hell in yeah. terms of filming. I think poor old Charlie, bless him. Like we really, you know, we really threw him a hospital pass on that yeah. one. But like even that, so the first time we filmed, it took us what, best part of six or seven hours to do one episode yeah. and an intro video that we're going to change, which we'll talk about in a minute about yeah. changes. But like, and then the next time we filmed, we did three episodes in the same time. One day, yeah. And it just shows that systems, commitment, like that's what makes stuff happen. And when you look at people who are successful, and I'm not for a second saying we're successful, but I, when I look at people who are successful, I think, yeah, you've got, there's so many systems in place underneath you that are allowing you to do that. And I think that's that's a really big thing about how this has progressed. Yeah, I feel for me, we've got the foundation now. And I think with any new idea or design, yeah. it's first of all kind of getting it off the ground. Oh, yeah. And like you sort of saying about the systems, now that everything's organised, we've got like the Patreon pages up, the YouTube channels up, everything is there. Now we can just add to it. Yeah. Because what took the time actually, which I kind of didn't really see, was setting everything up. Like yeah. getting the Patreon page up, oh, making sure you know, all the pictures are up on there, making sure the bio, like writing the bios, um, uploading all of the videos into the YouTube yeah. channel for the little sh uh, YouTube short videos. Like 75 gig of ages. content up on our drive, yeah. man. Like And then like editing down all the shorts on Final Cut and just all this stuff that you, it's like, well, let's just make some videos and do some backing tracks. Okay. Okay. So then when we were doing the backing tracks, it's obviously a day for me in the yeah. studio, you know, day for you. Yeah. And it's, it's doing all this sort of stuff. And I, I don't think when we started that I actually kind of maybe thought about what this was ever going to be. And I think the beautiful thing is that this has changed so much from when we first set out to do this, Yeah, but in the most beautiful way, in the most organic way to the point where we're our intro videos so of behind the beat, when we recorded the first lot of videos, yeah. we did this video, which is basically like, welcome to behind the beat. This is what we do. Blah, 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 blah. 
And we were doing the videos last weekend and I, I watched the video back and I was like, mate, we can't use this. This is literally <laughs> the first video that everyone will see when they come and like see what our company's yeah. about. And it was, it was the most sterile fucking oh thing. Oh my God, we were so like, wooden. Hi, my name is John Harris. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Bit. It was just woeful. And you were like, you're being serious. I was like, mate, watch it. Yeah. And what we've now... You know, I'd like to. I'd like to feel like when people listen to the podcast and stuff, they have a bit of a laugh. Because oh, they know, wouldn't recognise us on no. the podcast if they saw that video. They'd be like, "That's another two people." Exactly, and it's, it's because I feel like now we've kind of found our stride, and we've got stuff that we want to talk about. And when yeah. we're teaching and stuff, we've got things that obviously we want we want to deliver. But at the same time, we're like, I think what behind the beats kind of, you know, uh, evolved into, and also the podcast is like, let's talk about some topics, but let's have an absolute laugh, and it's yeah. it's a fun. It's, it's like a fun place to be. And I feel like with that intro video, it just sounded like we'd gone into a, a lecture and we were basically, and it's, so we're re-recording that now. And I think that's the beauty of it is we set out to do something and it's organically evolved into something that I'm really proud of. And I think I would have been proud of anything that we've yeah. done, but I'm I'm really proud of this. And it's, yeah. it's something that I never kind of saw happening and... I'm really glad we're changing that intro video. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm going to delete that. No one's ever going to see it. And obviously, Charlie did such an amazing job. It's just our delivery. It's just, it's just not us we anymore. We were just, ex- us. exactly. That's the thing. And it's like, it's not a problem. It's because actually it's a testament to the work we've put in since then where we go, you know, and this is the thing, like, obviously you're listening to this podcast now and whenever we released it, but like everything's, done at this point yeah. but it's just sitting here waiting to be released so you know we we press go on the launch date and obviously this podcast is much later now but you're sort of listening back in time and that even that headspace really messes with me sometimes I'm like wait so we're recording this podcast talking about current events today which is true and we are but actually our listeners have just started listening to stuff that is two years. Like yeah. it's really hard to get your head into that space. And I've definitely understood now how people on other podcasts address that. And it's a really smart move, but I kind of love it. Like the podcast has been, well, the podcast was the game changer. That's what changed everything for us. And it was like, when we think about behind the beat, the idea of behind the beat was community. We just never said it what we were trying to design was community, but we never said it. We just thought it was videos. We Mm -hmm. thought, oh, you know, let's do some rhythm section stuff that people don't get anywhere else. And we, you know, we're good enough to do it. Let's go and put it out there. And then of course, as kind of it evolved and we went out on the road for that first beta testing thing and we sort of looked around and there was an energy in those rooms. And I remember, I can't remember the name of the student, but when we were at um, RNCM in Manchester and he came up to us and said, I've seen so many masterclasses with great people, but I just never really took anything away from it. Like what you've got here, like I think he said something like, oh, it made me feel included or something. I thought, oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, we've gone to A really here. interesting sort of vibe there. And I thought, okay. And then as we, and I think it is all to do with the teaching. It yeah. all comes from teaching is having those experiences with people. And of course now, all, we, all we're doing is widening the experience. It's still the same thing, but we just want to get more people involved. And, and that is the, the essence of community, isn't it? And I, th- I think kind of leading on from that masterclass comment, I'd say that anyone that's listening, if you have an idea with a friend yep. or with a work colleague mm. and you want to put it into motion, do it. Yeah, do it. It'll be hard. It'll be hard work. It'll be a lot of work, but what you'll get out of it in the end. And I think what the biggest and most exciting thing for me now is like the tour we did, I think people can see that we are best mates and we play together. And I think the thing that's really exciting is that when people come to the masterclasses or they, you know, come onto the Patreon page or the YouTube channel, they'll be able to see that and they'll be like, do you know what? I've got a best friend that plays bass or I've got a best friend that plays drums or guitar or whatever. And I think what, I'm really excited to see is hopefully the community building and people like playing together again. Yeah. You know, we I remember talking to our students on the first year of the Beamers at ICMP last week and myself, Ben and Adam Goldsmith have been getting into our LPW classes a little bit early Yeah, uh, on a Wednesday morning. And we were talking to Adam the last week and he was like, chaps, like, 
this has been yeah. the highlight of my week for the, the start of this year. Yeah. And um, I was like, me too. Like, really has. And we just get into a room and we play and we just literally, we start off with an idea and we see where it goes and it ends up turning into chaos. Yeah, it's like great. Love. It's brilliant. And then all the students kind of walk in and it's kind of watch the end of our performance and stuff. And it's, it's really nice. And what it's kind of made me uh, kind of think and feel is that, you know, you need to get into a room and just play with people. And we asked the students, like, do you do this? And a lot of them were like, no. Yeah. It's like, why not? Why like, not? Yeah. this is really cool. And I think we should encourage this, you know, like with Nick as well in the trio, I think the, the, that that's turned into what it has because we just get in a room or when we're on gigs, we just play yeah. and we feed off each other's energy and we have a good time. And that's where that trio, that organic you know, sort of playing with Nick has, has, has sort of evolved and come from. And it's, I just think with this company, I just want people to play together again because yeah. I feel like social media, everyone's very, you know, on their own. Yeah, super insular, totally. Or playing on their own in the studio, you know, and it's like, let's let's get together and do some videos together with other musicians again. Do you know mm. what I mean? Totally. I couldn't agree more. And I think when you're saying that about Nick and Adam and, and you know, those people that we work with, I think one of the things that, going into business with someone rightly or wrongly, but you can understand why the biggest fear is trust. Yeah. What if they screw me over? Right. Mm -hmm. Or what if I learned that I don't like them very much or what if something, you know, what if something happens? And I think one of the things about playing with Nick, playing with Adam, playing with our friends in that way, what you get is trust. Like, and that trust allows you to take risks and to play in different ways. So like we were jamming on Wednesday morning and I think I came up with just like one a, a one bar or two bar idea. And all I played for about four and a half minutes was that idea over while you and Adam just kind of went crazy. And I sat there, or stood there playing and I was just thinking, God, this is so much fun. I feel absolutely no pressure to impress. I feel no pressure to do anything. And I'm just listening to two of my friends playing music and I'm a part of it, but I'm also listening to it because I'm not so terrified of playing something that I can't do. And like just that kind of psycho connection through music is why you play with humans, not backing tracks, because there's something in that. And I completely echo what you say. Like if you're out there and you want to start something with a friend or something like do it and be prepared to commit to it. Because the problem with these things these days is that the attention span of so many people is so short, myself included. Mm -hmm. I completely put myself in that camp. So you are onto the next thing. Your phone goes and WhatsApp's there and there's a gig or, you know, you're doing something for your family or you're doing something for your job. Like, distractions will always come and they come thick and fast these days. But genuinely, if you commit to something, things happen. And it's that that's what he's talking about, James Clear, in terms of motion and action. It's like you can get momentum on something, but so what? Mm. It, you know, it, the, the, the great example he uses is like fitness, right? So what do you do? You get, you go on Amazon or wherever and you get your, your new, um, clothes for the run, the trainers, you research everything. You think this is going to make it happen. You've still got to go running though. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like <laughs> you can get, you can get so into the conversation. Oh, we could do this and we could do that. And it's like, yeah, but you are, you know, you're going to actually have to do one of those things before this actually starts happening. And I think with behind <sighs> the beat and everything we've done here, and this podcast is such a testament to that. It's just in, you know, moving forward in small increments. Yeah. So there's always action. So there is motion and there's loads of momentum and we're excited about it. But every week we're like, and we've done this and we've done that and that's there and that's another tick in the box. And I think going forward, that's only going to get bigger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but say that's what she said. I that's just what have she to said. Say. We just have to say it for Michael the Office Scott fans the office, out there. That's how you break... That's how you break uh, a little pause. Emotion. I just couldn't do it. I'm Sex. too. I'm, it's, oh my god! <laughs> I love that episode so much. Do you? Know, and today, when I told you that uh, Carol yeah. is his wife in real life, Nancy. I love it how we've just gone off on an office tangent. I, but it's anyone amazing. who anyone who knows us will know yeah. that that's that's how we roll. But yeah, I think that thing is really important. Like 
it's just there is so much out there vying for your attention these days and it is relentless and it's hard to then go so what do i do how do i move forward then do you know what so that kind of what springs to mind with that is there's a few things in life at the moment that make me feel present oh i love it um one is claire yeah which is yeah, good start. Tick that off the list. <laughs> She'll be pleased. She'll be very pleased. <laughs> but we, when I when I go home to Claire, we usually put our phones in a box in nice. the evening, and we're like, we you know we we chat, we listen to music, we cook and stuff like that, and it's like our time to kind of hang out because obviously you know we both both work and yeah. you know sometimes we have stressful jobs and stuff, and um, so it's it's nice to kind of get together and like reconnect. And I f- I feel like if my phone's there, I just no, I totally. just end up sitting you know subconsciously sitting on your phone. So Claire's one. Um, playing music. So when I'm like properly in the zone, so whether I'm like at my studio or playing with you guys or on a gig, if I'm really feeling it, I'm properly, I don't think about anything else apart from playing the drums. Um, another one is exercise. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of running and stuff and a lot of swimming, like especially when I'm swimming, I think maybe the sense of being underwater. Yeah. Kind of, I shut off a like lot of sensory the sensory deprivation sort of thing. 100%. Yeah. So that's another one. And mate, this, yeah. being in this room, especially the podcast and also, um, I suppose, creating content for Behind the Beat and stuff, not so much because we are on our laptops and phones yeah. and stuff. But this, being in this room, I just forget about everything. I know, it's crazy. And it's been a massive, like really cathartic um, experience for me, like super uh, like peaceful yeah, actually. Totally. And just being able to talk with you and, and like also have a laugh, reminisce, oh, yeah. get slightly deep, yeah. um, celebrate, talk to other musicians, like all the guests we've yeah, had the on. guests have been amazing. It's been, it's been like the absolute highlight of my week. It's a privilege to be able to do this. And I think like I definitely want to take a moment to acknowledge that privilege because it's like, it's not available to everyone and it's just such a joy to be able to do this sort of work. And, and, you know, that's why we're so committed to kind of bringing voices in to elevate them above our own and to give people that sort of platform and stuff. You know, we're so into that. And again, it comes from teaching and meeting students and wanting to, to give them as much as you can, because that's, you know, you're there to give back. That's the kind of the heart of an educator is to learn yourself, but give back to your students. And what's the phrase, send the elevator down again, you know, it's that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The presence thing, it's I, I've, it's funny actually, last week I started working out again because I really noticed that there was a part of me that was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be 36 this year and, you know, not that that's old, but I've got to start being aware that health is important, very important, and I get a lot of buzz from that. But the one what thing- you, um, What are you doing? I've actually, so I did loads of hit over lockdown, as you remember, because yep. we did it together with Nick as well. That was, I mean, that feels like 10 years ago. It's only like two or three years Zoom, ago. Zoom, Zoom hit yeah. sessions. Yeah, crazy. So I got into that for a really long time. I think I did about a year and a half of that and really got into it. And then I fell completely out and I was like, I just don't want to do it. So I've started to do kettlebell workouts because ah. Hannah, my partner, does kettlebell workouts. And um, I thought, I want something different. I've never done that done obviously like dumbbells and stuff in the way and weight training and stuff but i thought oh, kettlebells cool that's at home i can do it at home so and i did it last week basically couldn't w- walk for four days so that was that was really funny because my legs were so screwed but i was like yeah i'm into this i really enjoyed it and it was again time flew by i was just so present with it um but the, the one thing for me outside of all of those things that you mentioned which i completely agree with is cooking Cooking is one of my favourite things nice. to do other than playing music. Because actually, I see it exactly the same as writing songs and arranging material. Cooking for me is just, Mate, I love it. You are a very good cook as well. I very much oh, enjoy very much. coming around your house and being <laughs> wined and dined. Well, I was trained well. I think that's the key thing. Like, you know, the way that I learn a lot of passion about music and stuff from you and all the people that I've worked with over the years. I learned cooking from a very, a very good friend who unfortunately I haven't seen for a very long time, but at the time was a very good friend um, who I lived with in London when I moved to London, Tim, who was my boss when I worked at the pubs, when I moved to London when I was 18 and he was a chef Yeah, and we lived together and every single day he would tell me something about food. He would be like, and he would be so into it. 
like we lived on Tower Bridge Road, so we were round the corner from Borough Market. So every it was Saturday, we'd go to Borough Market, he'd show me the produce, he'd be like, this nice, is what you're looking fresh. for. And then he'd take it back and he'd go like, this is how you're going to cook uh, a really good roast dinner. This is how you make chips. This is how you... And I was just like, this is so cool. So when I cook now, I'm like, there is a lot of passion in cooking from him. And I think like, that is a that's a part where I'm very present. Mate, All nice. I care about is like, what's it going to look like at the end when I serve it to someone and I see them take that first bite? It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's mate. nice. That's it's, nice. It's something very satisfying. We've been we've been cooking a lot recently, and it's um, I bought some two very very nice uh, cooking knives. Oh, got to go, have a good knife, mate. I it's love all it. about it. Just like glide yeah. through whatever you whatever you're cutting. Yeah, and um, it is nice. Like get a little glass of red and just oh, get your cook on. Love it. Like, it is nice. It's something very satisfying at the end where you've like cooked a yeah. nice dish. It's just like you nurtured your body. You've put mm-hmm. good food yep. in your body by your own hand. There's got to be some like you know old school DNA stuff there about you know hunter gatherer feeding mm. yourself, nurturing yourself. I, I I have said to so many people, but I'll say it here: like if you've ever thought about getting into cooking, give it a go. Like there, it is such a useful skill, and it's really not hard. No, to, it's to get not. the basics down, it's really not hard. It's also if you so much cheaper as well you, yeah that's what i was gonna say it depends what you get but it is cheaper like if you if you kind of think and you're you're clever about it you can make, make a really fresh meal with not a lot of money absolutely big batch cooking as well yeah. like but yeah no it's presences where we started with that and I, I think i totally share that but i wanted to throw cooking into the mix um mate i was gonna say yeah go for it I think what we should do now is say our thank yous because yeah, we've absolutely. got a long list. And basically, if your name is mentioned now, we are so grateful, myself and Ben, for everything you've done uh, for either the podcast or Behind the Beat. And your involvement like, has just been the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And also, I think what we need to acknowledge as well with these thank yous is a lot of these people did it for free. Absolutely. And, you know, some people, obviously, for the bigger projects, we we paid, obviously, because there's a lot of work. But, like, for example, all the guests came yeah. on and just did it for the love of it. Yeah. Um, Nick and Adam recorded... So, Adam recorded the guitar for the intro for the podcast. Yeah. And Nick recorded all the keys parts. They both did it for free. Yeah. And we just really appreciate everyone's effort time and also love yeah really, showing absolutely. us a lot of love so if, if you if you're mentioned now i don't think we've forgotten any names if we have we're sorry but i don't think we have um, i think we've got everyone there so ben read the list okay so it's almost like the honors list of the year uh so yeah so from the top obviously nick very who is our long term other third what's it third leg of the tripod the tripod yeah, yeah. so our wonderful nick very who did the keys for the intro but also has appeared in many of these stories over this season and you probably know him and feel like you know him and i think we'll have him on season 2 so you'll get to hear the voice behind the legend that is nick <laughs> uh so nick adam goldsmith um one of our newest friends really actually only got to start to work with adam sort of this year and He's just been such a joy to work with and anyone in the scene knows Adam and his work and a fantastic player and just also one of the funniest person I've people even I've I've met. He God he makes us laugh. Yeah. Just a little if Adam, if you're listening, just a little in joke, mate. Um I hope you've got your gloves on. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Make sure those gloves are on, mate. Um and then obviously our wonderful students and I think, you know, as much as we felt it was a great opportunity for them to come on and do the podcast, it takes a lot to be with, sat in the room with your tutors and sort of know that this is their project and their thing that they're building and, and be invited into that space. And they were so, not only did they take it seriously, but they brought all of their personality to it. They weren't, it's a lot to sit down and press record with someone. And I think, you know, I was just so proud of every single one of them and so grateful to hear their stories, yes. it you feel like you know your students, but you ask them a question in this setting and then they suddenly share all these things and you're like, oh God, I feel like I know you even better now and I can actually be a better educator for you. So yeah, so in no particular order, we want to say thank you to Beth Brackenbury and Taylor Grace Harvey, who were on um, one of our episodes, Andy Green and Tabs Banyasad, who were on one of our episodes, Sylvia Fado and Jim Okasanya who were on one of our episodes, and those were our guests. So we were very, very grateful for them. Now, 
in any other sort of team, you also have all these incredible people supporting you. And we just want to say a big thank you out to a couple of people. So Cam Shand, who works here at ICMP, he is one of the technicians in the studio and uh, our live venue. And he has just been so so helpful to us in helping us set up this room with the mics and I didn't know anything about setting up for a podcast you know I, my knowledge is put a 58 in and hope for the best <laughs> like you know but he he really helped us out and gave us some great feedback and he's just a genuine legend here at ICMP so thank you so much Cam we really appreciate thank it you, um Charlie so Charlie Tucker one of John's oldest friends I've known him for a while he's a my boy amazing guy but he has been the creative visual vision for Behind the Beat. 100%. He bought us the logo the first time when we started two odd years ago. And actually from that initial logo, and you'll know it because it's on the artwork that you're seeing on the podcast right now, that was the conduit for everything else. And it gave us a gave us an aesthetic straight away. An identity, is, man. An identity within that first thing. And we couldn't have done that without him. So, Charlie, thank you so much. And all of these people will be linked in the show notes. Please check them out. Charlie is a videographer yeah, by trade photography. Like, check him out. Work with him. He, You won't work with a nicer person. Char- I mean, Charlie's, uh, Charlie did all the videos. All the all videos. All the photos you see. Basically, everything kind of visual Charlie has, yeah. has done. And he's also done a lot of stuff for our trio as well. Yeah. So big shout out to Charlie. He's, he's amazing. Um, so following on from that with the, the sound side now and yes. behind the sound, <laughs> behind the sound, that could be the next company. Um, <laughs> but when we recorded the videos, obviously a huge amount goes into engineering that room and I cannot believe, and I say this with no ego, how good just drums and bass sound on those videos. And that's really in no short part, thanks to Adam Kane. So Adam was our engineer. Adam, thank you so much. Not only did you do such an incredible job for us, but also you were so passionate about it and you made us more passionate when we were like dying and knackered and thought, oh God, we've got to film another scene now. And he was just so positive and just such a lovely person to be around. So Adam, thank you so much. Um, the very first episode, the um, the John Mayer trio, we originally saw this product as kind of having the extra parts in, so guitars and things like that. And we wanted to do um, a sort of intro experience to our live shows, which is basically where we play a huge medley of famous songs that feature famous rhythm sections, which actually is, has been a lot of fun to do that. And we'll, we'll be looking to expand that as we go into the next tour. But Dan Booth, who is one of our ex-students here at ICMP and is doing a fantastic job smashing in his career, it. just smashing it. We always knew he would. But he did all of our guitars. And not only did he do our guitars, but the speed and efficiency at which he would send stuff back to us. And it was basically flawless and it was just like you know an hour later it was there i sent him a voice note one day i was like this is what i want and he literally i think 10 minutes later he sent it back i was like what the hell how have you done that so dan thank you so much we really appreciate all of your work and then finally one of our our oldest friends as well paul stambra who has been basically very useful for for you and in particular of getting the drum sound right for the backing tracks and all of that stuff and has been an amazing resource to feedback on mixes and stuff like that so all of the quality of the product is coming from a huge amount of people and we just wanted to say a big thank you to them publicly because we couldn't have done it without you so thank you so much to each and every one of you and mate just to i think tie this episode Mm. off I'd like to say thank you to you. Oh, I would say thank you to you too. I'm not going to, but I would. <laughs> You'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to, but I can't. No, Mate, and I here's to, that. here's to, I mean, launching, here's to the future of this company. Yeah. Here's to load more uh, podcast episodes and um, here's to just having a glorious time. Amen to that. Let's, I tell you, let's cast out, I don't do this very often, the old manifestation thing, but I think for this, it would be quite appropriate. Let's cast out into season two and the next phase of our project together. What do you want to get out of the next phase of this? So season two of Behind the Beat and season two of the podcast, which will be coming back probably sort of later on this year. We'll see you guys again on the pod later on this year. But what do you want to get out of that? What would you like to see us do? I think for the next season, I... Now that we've kind of established everything, I'd like to 
get some more challenging rhythm sections in there. Yeah. I think we've already decided roughly what we're going yes, to be doing. Yes, we have got so some ideas, definitely. The first ones were kind of like setting the bar, I suppose, and obviously like getting us into season one. I think season two is going to be a lot more advanced. Yep. Um, I'll definitely have to get my double bass pedal out oh, for a couple too. of them. Well, my double, well, for one double of fingers. Them. Double fingers. <laughs> and I think just pushing it a little yeah. bit more. And now we've got everything set up and I think touring. Yeah. And I just like to kind of maybe at the end of maybe the second season of the podcast, I just like to have, you know, quite a few monthly listeners. That's, yeah. that's a real goal for me is people that regularly tune in to hear what we're doing yeah. and, and, and get some, we've also got some very exciting guests for season yeah. two that we'll probably sort of talk about and maybe release some teasers on the Instagram yeah, and the YouTube and stuff, but for sure. some quite sort of high profile guests as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think, what about you? Yeah, same. Everything you just said for sure. Um, and also I'm really excited about the monthly webinar stuff because Agreed. it's basically the next level of this really. It's, it's us chatting, but also we get to hear back from people there and then. So I'm very excited about that. So the monthly webinar is tied to Behind the Beat and our Patreon package. So if you go to our Patreon page and sign up for the Solid Pocket uh, tier, you will be joining our monthly webinar, which will basically be an opportunity for us to not only explore things on the podcast in more detail, things from Behind the Beat in more detail, but also for you to help shape this company with us. And that's the biggest thing for me is bringing more people into this community and learning from them and hearing what they want to do and being able to respond to our community. The great thing about being in education is you're constantly responding to what people need. And I think we can offer a lot for that. So I'm really excited to see where the webinar goes. Um, I think as well, like the touring for sure. But I, what I'm really excited about is the conversations. That's what this has all been about mm. for me is like the conversations and the community. So yeah, I mean... Season two of both Beats and Best Friends and Behind the Beat. It's going to be a very exciting time. And then, of course, we'll be looking at season three and, and beyond. It's just, it's been a joy. So final question, what's the biggest thing you're taking away from the whole experience right to the end of season one? Oh, keep it, damn. keep it short, keep it like instinctive. But what, what are you leaving with? I think hard work and passion pays off love it I am leaving with trust love and laughter beautiful someone get this kid a mic to drop <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we love you all thank you so much for joining us on season one we'll see you on the webinar we'll see you live we'll see you soon take care episode 10 done bye season one done <laughs> toodles bye Been listening to Beats and Best Friends, a behind the beat production. It was recorded at ICMP Queen's Park. The intro music features John Harris on drums, Ben Jones on bass, Adam Goldsmith on guitar, and Nick Ferry on keyboards. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you on the next session. <laughs> <laughs>